0: HQR Public Media in Wilmington, North Carolina, this is Coastline. I'm Rachel Lewis-Hilburn. It was early 2020 when Emily Ramshaw and Amanda Zamora launched a new national nonprofit nonpartisan news outlet. The 19th would report on issues at the intersection of gender, policy, and politics. They agreed to let a film crew document their journey as they covered the 2020 presidential election. But then a pandemic spread around the globe. The United States and other parts of the world went into lockdown. And the film that emerged about the 19th, Breaking the News, is not what the filmmakers set out to make. Nor is it what the participants thought they had agreed to. With three directors, all women, different ethnicities, the making of the film began to mirror the making of the 19th. Two teams, the film team and the news team on parallel explorations of inclusivity and diversity. The 19th is named after the constitutional amendment granting the right to vote regardless of gender. The name includes an asterisk, symbolizing the work yet to be done. Today, we'll explore the making of the film and the making of the news organization. We'll hear from one of the film's directors in the next segment. But first, we're meeting co-founder and CEO of The 19th, Emily Ramshaw. She joins us from KMFA in Austin, Texas. Emily Ramshaw, welcome to Coastline.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Breaking the News screens at Django's Playhouse in Wilmington, Friday, February 16th, 2024. Emily Ramshaw... Before you created The 19th, you were editor-in-chief of the Texas Tribune, also a nonprofit. When did you really start to consciously identify the gender disparities in our culture and in the reported news? And when did the seed of the idea for The 19th take root?
1: You know, it had been really prevalent throughout my entire career. And actually, even before my career began, my mom was really a pioneering woman journalist who started her career, you know, relegated to the women's pages of her newspaper and had to prove the case with Geraldine Ferraro that she got to cover politics by covering women in politics. And so I knew it was there for a long time. But for me, really, uh, the 2016 election and the night of Hillary Clinton's loss was really seismic for me. I was um, running a newsroom in Texas. um, Um, I was on maternity leave with a baby girl, um, and it was just this moment where I think I ended the night sort of in a fetal position, you know, stunned that not even women were ready to elect a woman president. Um, and in that moment, I thought, you know, we'd spent months writing and answering these questions about was she electable, was she likable, did those things even matter, which were questions we just were not asking of men. And I think in that moment, something changed for me, and I thought, I wonder, you know, there's gotta be a different way to to normalize women's leadership.
0: So you were bringing something into existence that hadn't been there before, and, and now that you've arrived, Can you talk about, as you started to work this out and and create it, the the doubts, the anxieties, maybe scary moments that made you think, ooh, this isn't going to work?
1: You know I'd been a working journalist my whole career. Um, being an entrepreneur is something entirely different and I think um, going from a, a traditional newsroom setting to suddenly a, a situation where you're having to fundraise to build something from the ground floor to convince you know the people who hold the largest sums of money in this country, you know largely white men, that they ought to be supporting a journalism venture aimed at centering women, particularly women of color and queer people um, you know that was an uphill an uphill battle in those early days yeah. And you you actually
0: explore inclusivity in an, a number of different ways. You describe the 19th as nonpartisan. And so there's a part in this film, Breaking the News, when you look at the idea of inclusivity along the political spectrum. And as part of that exploration, Kellyanne Conway is included in a story about how President Trump might handle his loss from... Uh, the 2020 election. So let's listen to this clip. And then I want to ask you about it on the other side.
2: Basically, they were questioning how we're working to serve women and others who don't identify as progressive. Um, Like I kept using and it's all over our website, but I kept using the word intersectional. That's a term that's really only used by progressive people. I'm curious what your sort of feelings are about it. At the end of the day, do I think our work work that's focused on gender equity is gonna fo- is gonna is going to um, really deeply resonate with the far right? Like no, I'm not totally nuts. I'm not completely naive. But I think there are a lot of people who fall on the spectrum between that and and the ultra left. The last thing I want to do ever is alienate an audience. So I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm just rambling on this. I struggle with this. I'm grappling with this. We are thrilled to have Kellyanne Conway here with us to talk about women in the 2020 election. So it's early December. The votes have been counted. They're almost finished recounting Georgia again. What's next? Are we going to see this move into, like, more of a normal transition period? Well, the president wants to exhaust all of his uh, legal avenues, as he has made clear many times. And I think the president has a right to exhaust his legal possibilities. We as a nation will move forward because we always do. We're a strong, sturdy democracy.
0: That's from the film Breaking the News. Emily Ramshaw, how do you think about the role of the 19th on the political spectrum today?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think when we launched, we really did launch with this term of sort of nonpartisan, you know, meaning we were going to cover both sides of the political spectrum without fear or favor. And I think, you know, January 6th really was a turning point for our organization, where we determined that, you know, we we couldn't stay on the sidelines when it came to the preservation of our democracy, and where we really changed our mission to say, you know what, we believe the term nonpartisan has sort of been co-opted to mean both sidesism, you know, covering... Uh, the right and letting folks say whatever they want to say, regardless of whether it's truthful or factual on the record. And, and after January sixth, we changed our mission statement to say we were an independent nonprofit newsroom, meaning we cover everybody without fear or favor, but we also don't play the both sides game. And we don't give space and airtime to factual inaccuracies or to, um, you know, a, a lack of scientific information or truly like lies and misinformation. So that really was um, a turning point for us. Yeah, it's it's an interesting evolution that I think a lot of newsrooms
0: have grappled with, and this whole idea of stepping away from both sidesism. You you told the cohort, which is a pointer newsletter, that the aster, asterisk in the logo underscores the unfinished work of women's enfranchisement and empowerment in this country. As you go forward, is there an evolution in the meaning
1: of that asterisk? And how would you articulate that meaning? I mean, I think you already have seen an evolution of the asterisk for us at the 19th. You know, first, I think when we started the 19th, we really were just thinking about women. And the asterisk really was, you know, the women of color, particularly the black women um, who were not granted the right to the franchise, truly like on the backs of white women's access. But as we evolved, and you see this in the film really quickly, to serve not just women, but also the LGBTQ community, you know, how do we think about gender inclusivity? How do we think about, you know, the, the trans people in this country who are still Fighting to get access to driver's licenses that they can use um, as ID at the polls that accurately reflects their gender. How do we think about the, um, you know, efforts to disenfranchise women of color across the American South? You know, the Nineteenth Amendment. Uh, we really are here to advance the unfinished business, and that is making the franchise equitable and accessible for everybody.
0: Are we as we kind of shift? From this idea of both sidesism, even in traditional newsrooms, we're also seeing um, maybe some blurring of lines of journalism and advocacy. How do you think about that line?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, at the 19th, we're not afraid to say that there are things that we stand for. And we don't believe that that makes us advocates, you know, advocacy journalists, you know, we stand for human rights, we stand for gender equity, we stand for racial equity. I don't believe those things are, you know, um, mutually exclusive with being uh, an independent and accurate and intellectually curious journalist. Um, Look, the news has never been objective. And we used to use this word objective in in the sort of old days of journalism. Objectivity in in media historically has been the white male gaze, the straight white male gaze. Um, It's never been objective. And so I think finally newsrooms are being uh, honest about what that terminology meant and who got to claim that mantle and who didn't. Yeah. So when you
0: think back to 2020, which um, I think doesn't sound like it was very long ago, but we all talk about kind of the time bending element of the pandemic. It's four years later. How far do you think that the national conversation has advanced in terms of gender equity and workplace equity since you started the 19th?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you watch the documentary and it almost feels right now like history is repeating itself. This film, you know, the beginning of it was shot four years ago and it, it could be shot today. I mean, I think while conversations have evolved around caregiving and paid leave, and we're seeing so much, you know, a more robust dialogue around um, all of those conversations, we're also seeing like an unprecedented assault on LGBTQ rights. You know, the, the Dobbs decision and the overturning of Roe v. Wade since the 19th launch, you know, in, in some Ways it feels like we're heading back to the dark ages. Yeah,
0: you—you've said that you hope one of the ideas people take from this film is how important it is for all organizations to be open to their own evolution, listen to their to their people. In just the few seconds we have left, how would you describe that shift for you and what you've learned?
1: You know, I grew up in in newsrooms where uh, I was trying to to prove my worth as a woman Uh, and then I became the boss of a newsroom and recognized very quickly that you know my leadership as a white woman of privilege um, wasn't always the most equitable or accessible leadership and that uh, I could grow a lot more by listening to the lived experiences and and um, experiences and opportunities of my team.
0: Emily Ramshaw of the 19th thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Coastline. Still ahead, we'll meet one of the three directors of Breaking the News, and we'll explore how the documentary they did not plan to make is the one that emerged. We'll be back after this short break. Stay with us. I'm Rachel Lewis-Hilburn for Coastline. You are listening to Coastline. I'm Rachel Lewis-Hilburn. Breaking the News is a new documentary that explores the launch of a national news organization focused on stories at the intersection of gender, politics, and policy. Chelsea Hernandez is one of three directors on the film, and she joins me now from KMFA in Austin, Texas. Chelsea, welcome to Coastline.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Breaking the News screens at Django's Playhouse in Wilmington, February 16th, 2024. Chelsea, tell us just a little bit about this title, Breaking the News. It sounds like there might be a few different levels of meaning there.
3: Yes, there are. Thank you for um, picking that up. Um, you know, I think what, you know, the film does is showcase an organization that is literally trying to break down um, the foundation that news was built on Um, you know the foundation of it being reported on with the lens and gaze of white men and this is a new organization um, that is founded by majority women um, LGBTQ plus people and reporting with that perspective um, with that lens so So they literally are breaking down this this foundation of how news was built. Um, And then, you know, kind of playing off of breaking news. um, And the 19th doesn't... um Report um, on breaking news all the time is what we know of in mainstream media, but they're taking a, a deeper dive into um, really large issues um, that affect us all in America. And um, so, yeah, it's a little little play on words. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Now, you had talked to me, and we've said earlier in this program that the film Breaking the News is not what filmmakers initially set out to make. Can you talk about what it was supposed to be before the pandemic?
3: Sure. Um, Yeah, it this was not the story we uh, set out to tell. Um, So it just kind of evolved over the three years of us making this film. But um, the the idea for this film started with um, Heather Courtney, um, my co-director, and she had reached out to Emily, um, talking to her about it and learning about the 19th and wanting to make a film about um, female reporters in this this organization centered on women's stories um, during the election year of 2020. So Heather thought she'd be in the field following reporters on the campaign trail and looking at, um, you know, the perspective and lens of female reporters in this consequential election um and then the pandemic happened um and just as heather was going to fly out to austin so heather's based in los angeles um but just as she was about to fly out to austin to film for the first time for the movie um you know Uh, South by Southwest was canceled. Um, flights were canceled, um, and the lockdown began. So she pivoted and, um, told the 19th team, like, I don't know what this movie is going to be now. Um, but can I continue coming to your staff meetings and recording (laughs) your zoom conversations and we'll see what, what happens. And, uh, thank goodness, uh, that the 19th were so open, um, to letting her continue to attend staff meetings and record those, um, really important conversations that they were having so early on. Um, And so I came on board a few months later in the fall of 2020. um, And Princess Hairston, our our third director, also came on in uh, 2021. And so... You know, we were seeing how the 19th was um, pivoting with their own reporting, um, not being able to be in the field, um, but really making, really reporting these incredible stories um, with the lens um, coming from women, from LGBTQ plus um, reporters. Um, during this pandemic, um, you know, one of the first um, really comprehensive stories about women in um, during the pandemic was um, about the female recession and how women were leaving their jobs and um, staying at home to take care of their family and how and that transition was. And that was written by 19th reporter chabeli Carzana, who is one of the reporters that we follow throughout the film. So, you know, we were really focused on the lived experience experiences that the reporters were bringing to their reporting. And so we were able to continue to do that. But throughout the, the first year, we were also seeing these internal conversations that the 19th was having around inclusivity, diversity, and equity. And those conversations were kind of conversations that um, we were having in the documentary industry as well. Um, Who gets to tell this story? What perspectives are they bringing? Um, What lived experience do filmmakers have? And how is that affecting the story that they're telling? So just as much as the 19th was having those conversations, us three directors and our amazing producer Diane Kwan, we were all having those conversations being from uh, having our own lived experiences as well. And
0: Chelsea, I want to ask you in a a few minutes just about some of the lessons from those experiences that the film team took away. But first, I want to get to this idea of who's telling the stories and the fact that this directing team is made up of a woman who is African American, uh, a woman who is Hispanic. Is that right?
3: Uh, I I go by Latina.
0: Latina, thank you. Yes, thank you. And a white woman, and so you would see different different parts of the experiences of the people you were filming resonated with the three directors differently and there's an early scene in the film when co-founder of the 19th amanda zamora is she's wrapping up her work day with her dog on her lap and she talks a little bit about what she's faced and what she hopes the 19th might be so let's listen and then i want to get your reaction we just got a little
2: bit more to do and then we're done then you can clock out And you can clock out, girl. Melita, por favor. Yeah. Emily sat me down and she said, what would you think if we (laughs) left the Tribune to start a new nonprofit uh, for women, um, covering politics and policy for women? The first question that I had for her was to make sure that this wasn't going to be just another media property for progressive uh, white women. I know that being Hispanic, being a Latina, I'm sure helped you know, newsrooms who <laughs> could tally me in their diversity reports and then at the same time take advantage of my perceived whiteness to just say and do things that are not okay. I want to create an environment where others who have come up like I came up don't feel like they're in the position that I was in anymore.
0: That's Amanda Zamora, co-founder of The 19th, in the film Breaking the News. Director Chelsea Hernandez, can you talk to me about this clip? She says she wants to create an environment where others don't feel the way that she did. Can you talk about some of the specific ways that The 19th needed to be different
3: yeah um you know that um clip really resonated me in the moment when i was filming um with amanda um we're both uh, latinas based in texas and um and uh being white presenting um definitely comes with um its challenges um being a latina and growing up with um mexican culture you know and then having to um deal with it in a specific way in the workplace and so um It's uh, there's a lot of conversations to be had about it, especially in the workplace. And I think um, Amanda being in this leadership role, being able to have um, some autonomy in um, guiding uh, the 19th and and helping Emily and and guiding her and the team towards a path. of uh, inclusivity, including um, people like her, was something that was um, really important to Amanda and to Emily and and um, and Aaron as well. And yeah, those are really tough conversations to have. And sometimes they're not even had in workplaces in general. I've, I've experienced uh, similar situations as Amanda spoke about and was unable to um, voice them um, for fear, you know, of of losing my job or getting demoted, um, or just being treated differently, right. So at the 19th, they made it um, certain that they gave um, their leaders and their staff the autonomy to be able to share um, their voice um, to bring up um, concerns that they had and I think you know as as difficult as that can be um, they worked really hard at, at uh, giving space for their staff and their reporters to be able to do that and so that's the journey you witness um, in breaking the news and it's still an ongoing process for them I think Emily always talks about you know them being a work in progress and they they have found solutions But there's plenty more solutions to be had. Yeah. And you've also talked about how
0: in the edit room different directors would see different things. Can you talk a little bit about what you brought, what you were able to point out to maybe the other folks in the room and say this is really an important scene to have in the film and this is why?
3: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the the edit process was really an amazing experience. I think um, sometimes when we tell people, oh, there's three directors, they get um, scared or, or ask, like, how did you do that? Like, that sounds like a lot. Um, but it really was instrumental in um, putting the story together because we could all bring our lived experiences to the table um, and, and point out certain things that we ourselves have. Um, blind spots um, and we also built an executive producing team who came um, with other perspectives too including the trans non-binary community um, and that was also important to us to have those voices and um, that input in the edit process to make sure we ourselves were holding um, ourselves accountable um, to be inclusive and diverse and and share a, a story of truth really um, but you know there's, there's moments um, you know you just heard in the clip with Amanda, where she's you know speaking Spanish to her dogs. Um, we also see Chabeli um, in Orlando, Florida, who's on the phone talking to her mom and speaking Spanish. And and both these women um, are are white presenting, um, but they are Latinas and and grew up in. A, Uh, in the culture of Cuban and and Mexican and the Latinidad experience. And so when you hear them speak Spanish, it's um, very important to their culture. And it was very important for me that um, we, we see that, you know, even if it's just a a tiny bit um, in their life, um, it shows that, you know, that is um, that is who they are. So there's just little moments like that, that it was important for all three of us directors to kind of give our own lived experience. Experience um, to the editing um, uh, process to be able to um, showcase um, our protagonists in in the most full way that we could. And you, so you talk about gender inclusivity a lot. And there's a moment you
0: capture in the film when reporter Kate is struggling with gender inclusiveness. Before we listen to this clip, in which they're, confronting is a strong word, but talking to Emily about the idea in the most gentle and open way, asking really for a conversation. Can you just tell us about what led up to this, what Kate's struggle is here?
3: Sure. Um, So Kate was the first trans non-binary reporter brought on to the staff. And, you know, um, Emily and and the 19th leadership um, knew they wanted to um, have the the lens of LGBTQ plus people, but didn't... um, really plan out the process of what it would look like um to support um someone from the um lgbtq plus community on their team and so um we um, the film showcases kind of those blind spots that the 19th had um, and there there's misgendering and there is a lack of of support and so Kate um, and the 19th having um, given their their staff uh, and the reporting team autonomy to speak up um, you know Kate did bring it up and continue to have conversations with the team um, to talk about um, what was hurting them, um, how it may have been dangerous, and um, how they could move forward. So let's listen to this clip from Breaking the News.
2: We are firm believers that all issues are women's issues. Our goal is to launch the first newsroom that is truly reflective of the nation's women. There's more women running now than ever have been before. Newsrooms need to be more inclusive. They need to better reflect their communities. The 19th has the opportunity to do that from the ground floor, and we're not wasting that opportunity. Kate? Yeah, one thing I'm curious about, um, you know, we talk a lot about women, which is the, the market. Um, and I'm wondering if there's any plan to talk about the fact that the 19th is really gender inclusive um, in terms of you know trans women and gender diversity, um, in terms of trans people generally, and if that's something that you want to explore. Yes. I mean, I think the answer to that is we absolutely want to explore it and we want to play it up. You know, obviously we've talked about women, you know, and, and this sort of, you know, primary um, audience of more than half of the population, but we pivoted to using gender language super early, you know, trying to signal to the world that inclusivity is exceedingly important to us. And so could you and I make a date to talk through some of those things that would be informative, educational, and also just super on brand for us? Yeah, I love that. Cool.
0: Thank you. From the film Breaking the News, a huge part of what this film does, director Chelsea Hernandez, is offer a model for inclusivity and the conversations around that, including the mistakes. Can you talk about, I mean, we've explored a little bit how with the film team, the production team, there was this parallel journey in terms of inclusivity and um, f- finding your way around some of the gender issues and the race issues too. How would you articulate some of the early mistakes that were made with the production team and and how you kind of dealt with that?
3: Sure, I, I think this is one of the um What is it like art imitates life situation (laughs) where, um, you know, we were seeing our our film team was seeing ourselves reflected in um, what the leadership of the 19th was encountering as well. Um, You know, our team are um, all cis uh, women, you know, and so um, it was. Um, clear. We we were also, you know, there was misgendering on our team as well, and so we had to really look deeply into the mistakes we were making, um, in our own blind spots, and kind of uncover that as well, and get better, and um, do the work at making sure that we were um, accounting for our mistakes, um, and making sure we correct them, and. And that that was a process. Um, you know, it, uh, it took three and a half years to make this film, and we were working on it all the time. Um, we also had an amazing team of consultants, um, and our executive producer Nico Opper also really helped us bring um, the lived experience of trans non binary people um, to the making of this film. So. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was difficult for us and our team. We had a lot of tough conversations and had to confront each other as well. Um, it was very challenging, um, but I think also making the film was really helpful and, and seeing um, how Emily and the leadership was working at getting better um, helped us through it as well to get better. And we're going to hear about some of those specific
0: blind spots perhaps when we get back from this break you're listening to coastline more with breaking the news filmmaker chelsea hernandez stay with us i'm rachel lewis hilburn for coastline You are listening to Coastline. I'm Rachel Lewis-Hilburn. Breaking the News is a new documentary about the launch of The 19th, a national news organization reporting stories at the intersection of gender, politics, and policy. But as soon as shooting commenced, so did a pandemic. That led to a lockdown, which led to new choices about how to make the film, which meant the filmmakers covered A completely different journey than the one they'd actually set out to explore. Chelsea Hernandez is one of three of the film's directors. Breaking the News screens at Django's Playhouse in Wilmington on February 16th, 2024. And Chelsea Hernandez, just to put a period, on what we just talked about. This had to be such a commitment on the part of the production team, the way it was a commitment on the part of the 19th, to fix mistakes as you went along. Um, But could you just say something about what it means for the person who has been misgendered, or had their race misunderstood, as I did on this program with you when I asked if you were Hispanic. And that's something I should have clarified before we even started, and I didn't do that. So can you just talk about what it takes and how it feels for the person who has had that happen to them to actually speak up? Like, What kind of an atmosphere will generally encourage them to make the calculation that it's worth it to say something?
3: Yeah. I think, um, what I've learned through this process is to, um, be open, um, and to really listen, um, right to people. And, um, you know, on the other side, um, you know, um, it, it's exhausting, right? Cause you're having to, um, continually correct, um, someone, um, or, um, you know, inform them, teach them, um, and it's it's very exhausting. Um, and uh, so it's, um, for the person who makes a mistake, you know, it's uh, a process of um, trying to remember that, right? Like, that you shouldn't... Um, have to expect someone to teach you right. <laughs> everything there's there's some work you have to do on your by yourself right and on your own um, because continuing to you know ask a, a, a black woman about uh, her daily experience when she leaves a home you know um, as a black woman what that's like you know that's that's really exhausting for that person to have to do that so um, you know our our film team had, um, conversations. Um, we um, also worked with a therapist as well, who is uh, really instrumental at helping us, you know, create that space to be able to listen and, and to talk with each other. And so, um, you know, it's, it's not something that happens overnight. And um, I think that's why uncovering this sort of theme in the film was important to us because we were seeing the 19th, you know, work, um, over three years, um, to fix their own mistakes and see what that journey is like, because it's not something that's going to happen, um, really quickly. It's not, um, you know, the snap of your fingers, oh, I know my mistake and and now everything's going to be fine and I'm going to be better. Um, those mistakes will continue to happen, right? We have to, um, Uh, We have to it's a process of learning and fixing ourselves. And so that's that's what you see um, happening with the 19th. And and as a film team, we did the same. And and we felt, too, that, um, you know, this is a a time um, that, you know, maybe all workplaces uh, or groups, um, organizations um, can Uh, look at themselves as well and see maybe where they're making mistakes. And hopefully this film um, can kind of share with them uh, a model, possible solutions on how they can get better as well. You've said that at some of the screenings
0: of this film, Breaking the News, you've had that whole idea resonate with perhaps a different generation.
3: Yeah, um, we were in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, screening the film and had um, a group of women, um, you know, over 60, who came up to um, myself and another director and um, just... Put us aside and 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 asked us like some questions about pronouns and asking if she was doing it correctly and um, was realizing her own mistakes and and asking for advice on how she can do better and um, also just um, asking for like the definition of pronouns and and making sure that she understood them correctly and um, and that was really. Um, it's really wonderful to be able to share that moment of uh, privacy with uh, an audience member because she had mentioned that, you know, she hadn't been able to kind of like talk about this, but she wanted to like learn more and it it brought up those thoughts um, while she was watching the film and she was just really grateful to be able to see that film and, and come up to us and kind of talk about her own mistakes as well um, and, and to get better at it. So um, I, I'm that was amazing, and I, and I hope there's more conversations happening um, at our screenings as well. There's some mansplaining in the film
0: that goes on, too. It's, it doesn't seem like there's a great deal of focus on it, but it, uh, one of the things that Emily Ramshaw has said is the degree... Of mansplaining that she really faced as part of this journey. There's an early scene in which she's explaining her idea for the 19th to um, a startup tech guy. Uh, so let's uh, investor. Yeah. There we go. Hard, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's listen to this clip and then we'll talk about it.
2: Know you've got a lot of people uh, vying for your attention right now, so I'm lucky that what I. What is it? I'm happy to hear about. So here's what the venture is. It's called the 19th. You know, 70% of top newspaper editors are men. Almost all of them are white. What that means is that those are the people deciding what's news and what isn't. And the 19th is the country's first nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom at the intersection of women, politics, and policy. The environment we're in right now, um, candidly, is pretty terrifying. The coronavirus. Took a lot of wind out of our sails. So what's terrifying about that? Because you're just a startup, so that should be terrifying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I mean, maybe
2: you maybe you don't understand what you're doing. No, <laughs> Cause, I mean, cause, you know you worry about the virus. You're a startup. Are you insane? Like, I know my my tech. Not, and, and just to clear yeah. the air, I'm out because I can't do anything until this transaction is done. I don't know if you know, but I work with a couple of other journalism schools. and I think
0: and that was a clip from the film Breaking the News with the 19th CEO, Emily Ramshaw. Chelsea Hernandez, this, this guy, this investor who talked over Emily even said to her, maybe you don't understand what you're doing. Uh, are you insane? Can you talk about why you included this bit and, and
3: perhaps what you chose not to include? Sure. Um so yeah, I you know the this clip, you know, he's a little bit kidding but um actually at the end of um this scene um that wasn't included you actually hear him say like do you know any women in the tech industry and emily says no um i don't and he says well that's where i can help you and and then he says um so send me an email so i can send to my uh, lady friends and um it's a you know this moment where we just you know we see this person trying to help um but there are just these like kind of micro moments of sexism you know um that i think um many and probably the majority if not like all women have faced especially in um a leadership position where you're you know seeking funding and um you know you're a ceo of a company and working with a majority uh of male you know ceos so um we Thought that this moment that Emily was facing was um, just indicative of you know her career and what she has had to face as a as a, a female reporter in the news industry, um, and also just kind of set the tone for the film. Um, the film you know follows follows these um, amazing women and LGBTQ plus founders who are trying to do something new and they're going up against all odds, um, which includes um, sexism in in all different forms. And so we felt like this conversation was just instrumental at showcasing that theme and just setting the tone for the film. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you think that there's any sort of
0: growing awareness on the part of uh, women who have faced sexism just in terms of I think you use the term microaggression but um, is it has it been so baked in that even women don't always pick up on it
3: oh oh yes yeah I mean I I think um, we just kind of get used to it at points you know um and just realize that's how it is um until we see other women especially uh, you know uh people around us who do stand up and who do say something I think that's when we um or at least for me personally um understand like okay it's it's time to stand up for something and I felt like that's why it was important to kind of see this moment with Emily as well, to see what she was up against and also see how she was um, transforming that. and um, and how her and her team and Amanda, you know, were making sure that, this didn't happen. The same sort of conversation wouldn't happen um, among their own team in their newsroom. You know, they're they're hoping to break all of that, um, and, and you know, and and that's a difficult journey as well because we're so accustomed to it. Um, we we I've probably done similar things. um, But it's been something that I've been surrounded by for so long, especially working in the film industry, which is uh, majority male. Um, And so how can we break those down and um, make sure that those um, sort of like microaggressions and um, micro moments of sexism doesn't happen continuing forward? So are there specific things
0: that as a result of making this film you think have changed you and changed your awareness of of being in the world or or encouraged you <laughs> about yeah. the progression of the conversation?
3: Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot more listening, I think, that I do and just taking time to to think. Um, you know, um, pronouns are definitely something I myself had, had to work on, and so um, that has been an ongoing journey, and I'm just so grateful to have a, a team that's um, – that I'm surrounded by working on that as well and encouraging. So, um, you know, that's, that's been a big thing. I, you know, started, um, Uh, an organization for um, anyone who considers themselves a tehana in film so a person working in the film industry that identifies as a woman or LGBTQ plus person and um, you know we're called Tehanas in film and even that it's like rethinking um, the terminology behind that so it can be more inclusive so yeah there's been so much that I've learned from this um, gender wise, race wise also working with a diverse team and and hearing their um, lived experiences um, throughout the process of making the film, and just also how current issues have affected us all differently. You know, the film takes place um, during the twenty twenty election. You know, during the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic. Um, goes into um, the fight for reproductive justice and the fall of Roe v Wade. And so hearing, you know our um, our different experiences as a black woman, a Latina, a white woman, an Asian American woman, and how these um, current issues are affecting us has been instrumental as well. There is a scene in the film when uh, everybody is together
0: watching it, it, everybody's masked, <laughs> watching the uh, presidential debate. And I think the headline that comes out after the debate is over includes the term toxic masculinity. What did that mean to you? And were you in the room when that shoot was happening?
3: Yes, that was my very first <laughs> film shoot <laughs> um, out of lockdown. I was very nervous. <laughs> I have a, I think there are moments you see me on screen. I'm, I have like a shield and I'm fully protected. Um, and um, but uh, it was so worth it just to be in that room with all these amazing reporters watching um, this really shocking. Um, uh, Ramble, you know, um, argument between two men um, and not really talking about the issues. Um, just, you know, um, Trump and Biden just talking over each other. Um, it was really, really shocking. Um, and to be in that room, to hear them, to hear the 19th, you know, break it down um, to toxic masculinity was actually like a breath of fresh air for me Uh, because I was thinking that but um, when you know Aaron Haynes says it out loud and we see that headline it's like yes this is this is the truth this is really what's happening
0: and that is this edition of Coastline Chelsea Hernandez thank you so much for being with us today
3: it was a pleasure thanks for having me
0: Thanks also to Emily Ramshaw of The 19th, Anna Bennett of Kukaloris, and KMFA in Austin, Texas. Coastline's technical director is Ken Campbell. Coastline is a production of WHQR Public Media. Find the episode at whqr.org or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Rachel Lewis-Hilburn for Coastline. Coastline.